This is the yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Jeannie Baroga. <laughs> this is the yay where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Uh, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Yay. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. As always, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And Mallory's been helping you, Jeannie. Clap, clap, clap. In yeah. your play, uh, I'm sorry, in your book, is it Katatagan? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yes, and you're still working on that, right? Yeah, right. Well, she actually helped me with my um, uh, collection for Stanford. So, I mean, she was a godsend. We really got that together because of her. And then if, when she came back, after she got her degree in Chicago, I said, would you help me with this book, too? <laughs> so, yeah, she's been helping me. But it, it does seem to be this enclave of people who get to work together over and over again because we just know each other exactly know, so. exactly so it's all about who you know and uh, it's been fantastic and, and you know Mallory's been fantastic for us as well that's mm-hmm. why the A you know our game has been you know up a little bit um, speaking of which we have a wonderful guest Reza Dotano Reza how are you yeah. Reza Dotano Reza Donato Donato I'm sorry about that Reza Donato um, how are you? <laughs> oh man, fantastic! It's good to be in the Bay. I love it. Yeah, that's right. You've been in LA, and you are a fight coordinator. I'm sure you do a bunch of other things, but you've been helping out um, Shotgun with their uh, play "Man of God," which ends tonight, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh tomorrow. 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 Yeah. Oh man, it was an incredible journey to number one work under under Michelle Talgaro. Mm. Holy she cow! Great? She's great fantastic yeah. and uh and i don't know if you guys like i'm sure working with her you already know but to me i've never worked in a theater production where i felt like safe mm-hmm. you know or like she laid out the foundation of a safe space mm-hmm. for being able to like um what do you call this like just be creative mm-hmm. she gave me like agency to like be creative and then work together right and that's what i love is like collaboration Mm -hmm. when a director can straight up go i'm interested in collaborating Mm -hmm. so you know i want your artistic element in it like let's work together and i was like yes this is what i've been looking for and the cast is just amazing shotgun has been really lovely to work with it was actually a dream of mine because i used to ride my bike around berkeley Mm -hmm. to get to um class at Berkeley Rep, mm-hmm. and then when I would pass by through the Ashby Station, I'd be like, what is that, like, red building? It looks so cool. So it's a dream come true to finally get to work with them. I wish I was acting, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, no, Shotgun's been fantastic. I, I remember when Jed Presario, he was in, um, it was called White, uh, at Shotgun, and I was saying, hey, you know, Shotgun, they're really diversifying. They're bringing in people, you know... Um, you know, Jet was the first Bendel stiffer to to be there, and then um, Golda was there. Yeah, uh, it was uh, my hate letter to the world, mm-hmm. or something like yeah. that. And uh, and now, and so Man of God, which has uh, Laura Garcia, um, uh, Joyce DeMonaco. Huh, I've got I've got the list right here. Lauren, okay. Lauren, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. and um, where is it? There it is. Uh, Sharon Chow, who's been on the show, and uh, she, um, I've worked with her. Chuck Laxon mm-hmm. is in it, so and uh, also Hyung Ji Kim, who was our stage manager when we did uh, N.A. Dallas Says World Famous Lechon. Yeah. So they really are opening up the door to diversity, and um, yeah, Shotgun's fantastic. So that is fantastic. Um, 
there have been, I usually try to squeeze in some current events, some serious stuff and some <laughs> funny stuff. But um, so, the, so if you want to define irony, so you have a governor from Florida sending immigrants to Martha's Vineyard to escape Hurricane Ian. <laughs> so Essentially. They, just, they yeah. never have to, uh, to deal with that, but it's just... It's really disgusting what um, Greg Abbott of Texas and also Ron DeSanto of Florida is doing mm -hmm. with illegal immigrants. And it's all about the midterms and all about jockeying for presidential races or whatever and mm -hmm. using immigrants as pawns. Yeah, basically. but it blew back on them, didn't it? I mean, uh, yeah. You know? Well, among liberals, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some conservatives who are like, you know, yay, whatever. And it's, it's I think it's just really disgusting. Have you been turned off or on, Riza, with uh, just... The political climate i mean trump has been out of office but yet he still seems to be the foundation for you know all that is bad in yeah now. well the crazy thing is uh when i moved to the bay mm -hmm. in 2015 this is where i started my like political journey and i was actually a delegate for bernie sanders at the national wow. convention wow. that was a crazy <laughs> yeah it was a crazy crazy time to i don't know just have the support of like Mm -hmm. my um district so i thought that was awesome um but with current events i'm just like sometimes i'm like am i still dreaming or is this really the reality that we're like living in were you shocked when trump got elected in 2016 oh shocked yeah oh yeah i was like it was unimaginable right and it was almost like a feeling of mm -hmm. Does it have to get bad before it gets good? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's really not where we should be at. But um, in a way, I feel like what has transpired in the political spectrum just amplified a lot of like the hurt that we're already going through, exactly. right? Exactly. And we just need we need to speak up and be loud about it, and to say like what we need to say and feel those things and like work through it. So um, since then, I've like retired from my politics because I realized it's hard, like it traumatized me and it, it's hard for me to like constantly be fighting. And the only way that I know how and do it right is through art. Mm -hmm. So if artists, you know, have like um, a voice or a say and they can do it in a way that makes you think deeply mm -hmm. about what this like l landscape looks like then let me put my energy in there. Let me amplify it. Let me like try to get people to fill those seats because there is another way to also like get people to, I don't want to say like woke because, you know, people, the word's been thrown around, but it, it, there, there's another way to get people to start thinking deeply about like the decisions that they make, the choices that they make and how they hold things um Socially, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I, no, go ahead, do it, Jeannie. Yeah, well, I was just going to tag on to that. That um, at that time when all these things are happening, the world. Uh, this is a term my husband brings up all the time. The world is so dense. Life is so dense, and it's it's hard enough anyway. Um, and it, being a person of color, being among people of color, we see this happening, and it's like uh, no brainer. Yeah. It's like this has been happening all along. Yeah. How come the world has not really uh, paid much attention to that or shown a light on that sooner than this? This is not new. This mm -hmm. is not new. And and for us to have to deal with it and say, okay, we've got to start the education all over again or 
um, be aware that our education is going to make a difference. But it does get daunting, yeah. doesn't it? You know, yeah. and that's the that's the thing where art comes in, and it's it's with your your movements and 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 your talents and specificities and things like that. And and for me, it's for writing. And even then, you think, is it enough? Is it enough? And mm-hmm. um, I, I think artists need to not put them on themselves that, that they say yes my art works for you and for this this focus and this is what i am going to do and i'm i'm going to feel i i have made a difference i have to feel that way you know yeah i think i think all of us do and i've seen that with a lot of the pieces like this year you know pear slices i was involved mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and uh, there were a lot of pieces that dealt subliminally or sometimes even directly with what's happening with current events. I'm mm-hmm. noticing a lot of artists saying, hey, this is what's happening in the world. Let me put it out through writing. Linda Amaya Hassan, I don't know if you know her, Jeannie, but she is a um, Latina writer. Mm-hmm. And she teaches at Chippewa College. And she did a wonderful piece on um, Puerto Rico mm-hmm. and uh, the displacement of people you know, there. And it's happening again with the mm-hmm. current hurricane. Um, people, you know, out of power, mm-hmm. and when it happened back uh, when Trump was the president, he didn't even lift a finger. He didn't mm-hmm. even know that Puerto Rico was a part of, of the American territory. Among other things. Um, <laughs> is it Reza or Risa? Risa. Risa. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure I got that right. But I, I, I totally dig what you were saying as far as it, I, you know, it's funny, I remember... I'm a bit of a history buff, and I, you know, when I was reading about history and getting into all of the stories and things of, you know, past presidents or whatever, it was sort of a, um, just a, <clears throat> it didn't affect me emotionally because it was like I was just reading history, and I even had a friend say, well, it doesn't matter if a person is elected president because it doesn't affect, it doesn't affect our personal lives. That has totally changed now, mm. where it really does hit you emotionally. I can't imagine what it is like for a woman, you know, with Roe v. Wade and all of the the decisions that are going on and are continuing to happen. Um, You know, they're going to attack gay lesbian rights. They're going to attack environmental rights. You know, the uh, the the right. They had one little window of opportunity in 2016 where a couple of voters did not vote. I mean, three million more three million more people voted for Hillary Clinton, but just not in the right areas. Trump gets in, and all of a sudden, it feels like you know democracy has been derailed. Yeah, I think. I, can I just add sure. on to that? It's 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 something that, for um, those of us who have been around just a little bit longer, uh, we think we've made strides, yeah. right? And we do, we we do uh, celebrate it, and then when this happens. You feel like you it's like one step forward and two steps back. Yeah. You know. Well you so relax. This, you know, voters it, relax, they're like, Hey, you know, we voted for Obama twice. Everything's right, good. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so that's part of the, the thing too. And because of all the different generations that have come uh aboard yeah. uh, since that time too, it is again, I, I always keep bring this up, a re education of what history has already been doing. Yeah. It's, you know, we, we have to be vigilant and, and diligent and making sure that we, we, we stay firm in what it took so long to to finally graduate to so um that that's one thing that i really would like to sort of wave a flag about you know? no 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 you're absolutely right it's funny you know as a black man you know and the the whole uh, black lives matter movement which has been wonderful when it's focused you know there's sometimes where it gets a little overboard i think and i remember telling someone you know when i was in school at nyu you know the yusuf hawkins happened and the central park five and some millennials like who 
what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, um, well, this atrocities against black men have been happening for a while by the police and there's a uh, African guy Diallo who was, you know, was raped literally by the police, you know, by a plunger in 2001 that happened in New York. So this is mm-hmm. all before Rodney King and then Rodney King happens mm-hmm. and then, so you're absolutely right. There needs to be a re-education to say, hey, listen, this has been happening for a while and so this is the time to re-educate. And art can be used to re-educate. I'm mm-hmm. so thankful to see artists who are involved in not just Annie Get Your Gun or, you know, Death of a Salesman for the 15th time, but new pieces, which reflects what's happening right now. Right, right. I think those are the most effective uh, theater pieces. I was just going to ask, Risa, um, because you, you, you were very active here in this area in 2015, 2016? 2015, 2016, yeah. Okay, so you've kind of seen that, that graduation too, because it's like, if you use... The time period 2001, okay, let's just start at the millennium. And at that point, even the Internet and all that, uh, that those tools that we depend on now weren't as active in our lives as they are now. So you've seen that change, how it goes yeah. from 2001, 2015, here we are, 2022. And how does that, how does that seem to affect how you get your word and your philosophies out to the world? Yeah, so, okay. Um, thinking about history, what you mentioned earlier, right? Now it's like affecting us emotionally. And I think because of the internet and just how fast like every information is nowadays, the reason why I learned about Bernie was because of the internet. Mm -hmm. Because Facebook started showing like, oh, you know, there's all these atrocities that are happening that's like right underneath our nose. And we have no, like no one is talking about it until that time. Mm -hmm. And for me, like using these platforms, podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, whatever kind of way that I can kind of tell people about like either what's going on with me, like currently I'm going through a very like spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've um I've realized that the outer world is the outer world, mm-hmm. but you have to fix what's going on inside first. And then when you start fixing the things that's going on inside, exactly. then everything else starts to change yeah. around yeah. you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my my view is let me talk about, let me be vulnerable. Let me be vulnerable. Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you like some of the things that I've been through and like hopefully it can reflect in a, in a way for you that goes, oh, wow, I'm going through that too. Mm-hmm. I'm going through that and I'm happy that I'm not alone and I can reach out. And that's why I like therapy is like so great. Therapy, mm-hmm. life coaching, things like that. And then when it comes to the politics, you know, I look at it and I go, okay, I can't go out there and I can't be Superman or Wonder Woman or any kind of like superhero to try to change the world in like a snap of a finger. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is just like be a positive influence for the people around me. Right. Let me let me educate you a little bit more, too, on like what's going on or like what is the plight of the Asian American or a queer um, woman. Right. And um, that to me, like this is why Man of God is like one of my favorite plays. And I think it's because it takes a snapshot of a young Asian American 
girl, mm-hmm. but there's four of them. So that you, there's like a different like uh, path, a journey that, right? And for me, it affects me so deeply because I feel for them. I feel for like, like number one, being a teenager, being in a foreign country, being with someone that you don't know that you can trust mm-hmm. because that that bond has been broken. And each of them coming out with like what their their stories of being a girl is like and like the way that men look at them or they catcall them or like um one of the characters um is like sexually abused as a kid and it's like oh my god sharon does an amazing job like playing yeah. yeah like playing it and it hits me, even though I know this is the story, and I know like this character says the same line every time I watch it. I get so affected because, you know, that could be like my sister, that could be my cousin, that could be the student that I've like taught, mm-hmm. you know, for years, and we don't have a platform to just be okay to say, you know, like. She talks, the character goes like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to like just blurt it out to the police and then what's going to happen to me? I'm going to be in the foster care system and then I have to point at them and like all the shame and all the fear that comes through that character. But, you know, through art and (laughs) just like the advancement of technology and messaging, it really, really, really gave us a platform for some of those people who feel like they can't say mm-hmm. anything. Exactly. Yeah, we need more theater like that. We really yeah. do. And yeah. the different stories. It's, it's interesting. My biological mom, who passed away in 2006, she was um, abused as a child. And, you know, she really didn't... I mean, we talk about the platform of having victims, you know, um, voice, you know, you know, voice what's going on with them and knowing that they're not alone because other people can say, hey, I went through the same thing or just being able to say it and not be victimized. It's important. And I think art has a lot to do with that. I used to say, you know, if a person, if the audience can't cry, I'll cry for you or I can be that character that, you know, that you can't vocalize or whatever. So I think a lot of people needed to to see. I um, think the term, yeah, that uh, Raisa, you used about being vulnerable and especially being an artist, that's the thing that is the is the tantamount uh, place to be, is to be able to be uh, identifiable to these people you are hoping to speak to and people who know people like that, who need to be uh, spoken to or listened to. Um, but that vulnerability on, that comes on our part, that, that I mean, that tears us up too, right? But that's also part of our therapy mm-hmm. and, and our, our art that our position as artists yeah. we've taken on once you say I'm going to be an artist you better be sure that that you are going to reveal yourself yeah. as well as you can because that's how we talk yeah. to people and you and I have yeah. talked about this genie where there's some artists who are like well let's just entertain people let's not hurt them or let's not bring in subject matters that may be controversial there's that sort of artist and then there's the artist who's like you know what this probably will hurt but you need it Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it to you anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did want to bring up uh, mm-hmm. some other things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just say, so you mentioned, um, so there's a uh, weatherman, Eric Adami. I don't know if you heard the story, mm-hmm. but this was a weatherman who uh, moonlighted, I guess. Um, he basically uh, is a gay man, 
And <clears throat> he would do these um, online shows, video shows of him, you know, engaging in sexual activity, which is perfectly fine, normal, and consensual, and all that stuff. Unfortunately, someone took a screenshot of that and blasted at blasted that and sent it to his NY1, you know, where he was a weatherman. And he eventually got fired. And he apologized, and he's trying to get his job back. He's wondering about being sued. I don't think he needed to be, I don't think he needed to apologize. I mean, there's nothing wrong with what he, he did. Um, and it's been, I've been listening to the Savage Love podcast. Uh, Dan Savage has a wonderful podcast, you know, speaking about, you know, just sexuality. But I don't know, as a country, we're just, uh, we, we're still very, very uh, Puritan when it comes to just people being free to do what they want to do. I don't know if you got you folks had a take on that at all. Well, I, I think there's a myriad of things that are, you know, to address in that whole presentation. You know, the 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 um, uh, acceptance of the the art themselves, but the person who's doing it. You know, you got to be okay. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to make my statement. And the people who are responding to that, and the people who, I, the thing I'm responding to is that the people you have to say you're sorry to, to apologize to. Why? Right. Why? You know, um, it and it, this is just sort of a connection. But um, when I was uh, uh, at a, a book signing that I was at recently, and and there was a question about uh, to uh, again about apology or uh, an excuse or uh, a revelation of why that part in the book is the way it is, or what does it really represent, and and. Uh, should I make a, a statement? And and I was like, no, I, I, the statement is in the writing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what I put yeah. in there, mm-hmm. either fictitiously or as part of there. the yeah, as part of uh, again the sharing of myself. Yeah, to do that, and it's like I'm going to apologize mm-hmm. for every move I make. No, no, that's that's not the job right. of an artist. Yeah. So. Um, I mean that I don't know if that answers your question, but no, it is no. again. It's a myriad of things that. Yeah. You no, know, it is interesting. I've had a debate with a friend of mine. We were actually talking about spirituality and Christianity and the need to forgive. And I've always felt I will give forgiveness for someone if they ask for it, and if I need to apologize if I did something wrong. You know, a lot of folks. I mean, someone can step on my toe, and or I can uh, I can step on someone's toe and apologize for that. I still believe in intent. I believe that if I intend to hurt someone, then I need to, you know, apologize for that. But if I didn't, I don't know. I, I just, I just think it's very, very weird uh, for someone to engage in something that they're doing on their own time. And why would he need to apologize? Maybe it's just a knee-jerk reaction. Well, it's we- still the area of of art and and choice. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it is. I, you know what? This brings up a point. When you remember working on Buffalo. You know, with with Hallelujah. Uh, uh, worked on Buffalo, yeah, and yeah, with the yeah. workshop, and that was particularly the dance sequence that was the love scene between the the separated lovers, and um, you know, there's a lot of work that went into that dance. If if yeah. you recall, it was it was very, it was the choice of the song for one thing, and then how how to choreograph it, and we had many many discussions about that. So okay, jump to the yeah. close of the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, the theater was uh, getting these letters 
saying, um, how dare you show this sexual activity on, oh. on stage? And, and you, this, is, this is not what we expect from theater and uh, it was San Jose stage. They mm. should know better and the, the playwright should know, you know, along those lines and all that. Mm. So they gave me the letter and they said, we think you should, you know, mm. write back to this person and, mm. and explain. I went, I'm not going to write back to that person. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. no. You know, does that mean I have to explain everything and excuse everything right. and yeah. apologize for everything that are my statements mm-hmm. in a play of mine, mm-hmm. you know, in a, in a literature way? And, and that is something that you really stand on before you even put the pen to paper. If you're already thinking it, you know, and you're already enacting it, mm-hmm. and, and it, it finally does make it to page, and it makes makes it to stage, and it makes it to an audience. It's like, you know, um, those decisions have been made way before you get a letter like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Ryan, mm-hmm. I had a, a mm-hmm. quick question for you, because you talk about inner peace, and I, and, you know, your spiritual journey. I've always felt that a lot of the tension that I have in my life are created by other people. Sometimes I can create my own tension if I make a mistake or whatever, but a lot of times I go into an office, do I have a good day? It depends on whether my boss tells me I had a good day or I got the provincial you know, pat on the head or something like that. But um, you know, with this case and also with what Jeannie's talking about, you, know, you have a great production, all of a sudden one letter from some idiot. <laughs> How do you balance, this is probably an abstract question, finding inner peace when you still have to deal with the outer world who some are hell-bent on making your life miserable Mm. even if it's just for one moment yeah so i approach it first off with something like whatever that situation is i I check in with myself and i go okay am i going to respond like with love or with lack or how am i seeing this situation right now right for instance this um, news or the weatherman. Yeah, that is his art, right? If for him, and if I was in his shoes, I would check in with myself and go, "Do I stand behind this as my art, or like, and, and is this something that like I'm gonna be vocal about and be like, this is my pathway, you mm-hmm. know, or?" Do you know, does the weatherman and like what the news station and like their followers and whatever kind of like, yeah, and the thing, advertisers, yeah. yeah, like, or does that matter to me, right? And it seems like him apologizing, he cares about like that part, yeah, m- more so than just like internally going, I'm doing this, this is this is me, and I'm expressing myself in the way I need to, and in that case, he shouldn't. He he doesn't have to apologize, but he needs to stand his ground. Yeah, right. Yeah, like just like you, Jeannie, like you stood your ground. You didn't need to apologize, but that's because this is your art and you believe in it and you like want to make that your statement. And I think that's like admirable, right? But you always have to check in with yourself Mm -hmm. first. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I I think so. And of course, there's also the monetary thing. I mean, you know, he can stand up for his (laughs) art. But you still have to, you know, pay your bills and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I totally get that. And it's unfortunate that this news station couldn't have said, you know what, we care about this individual, not just because yeah. of what product he brings, but the person that he is. Yeah. And we'll yeah. accept him and we really don't care what else happens. And it's unfortunate that, you know, they took the stands. I mean, who the hell cares that a weatherman is doing whatever's on the side, you know? <laughs> and shame on the individual who outed him. You know, that, that was that, that's a horrible that, thing. That, yeah, that's a... Ooh. Ooh, that's a tricky one. Um, I yeah. think like 
yeah, it just depends on what the the news station. I wish they handled that better. Number mm-hmm. one, um, and holy cow, man, this is this is a a tricky situation. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't even. I mean, I think doesn't porn like pay more? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> well, hey, there are a lot of folks on OnlyFans who are making lots and lots of money. Um, so. <laughs> There's one last, um, you know, current event thing. So a satellite, I don't know if, it, if you got the satellite that hit the asteroids. I'm really hoping. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> As if, you know, we were worried about all sorts of existential threats and all that sort of stuff. You know, any, any asteroid at any given moment can hit <laughs> Earth or whatever. And so NASA's trying to find, uh, trying to, they basically launched a satellite, uh, I think it was called Artemis, that hit a satellite, and now they're trying to track to see if it really did divert its course mm. to see if it will. Well, it was always a test anyway. I mean, they sort of referred to it. I mean, okay. Yeah. I'm going to spell it out the way it seems it comes to me because mm-hmm. I was really kind of confused. It's like all of a sudden in one day, oh, hey, there's this passing satellite. You know what? Let's use that as an example to show how we can divert a path by. By destroying it, let's do that. <laughs> right. let's, let's have all these guys come in over time, uh-huh. you know, and come up with their mathematical uh, uh, calculations to make sure they hit it right on the dot, right yeah. on the money. Yeah. And uh, you see them exploding, and it was yeah. like, yeah, they're exploding. Yeah, we hit it. We hit it. Now what? <laughs> right. It's like what? What? First of all, you didn't see it coming before today, you know. Yeah. So it, it, it's just sort of all these questions that come to mind, like. Why did this come about now? And now you didn't do even do the follow through, like how to track whether what your action really yeah. at, uh, at, uh, well, achieved what you wanted. Doing that now they're trying to track to see what the asteroid's going to do. But you now. understand what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's just like too convenient. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, obviously, there's the narrative of the success story. If we're going to air this out on, you know, to CNN and all that sort of stuff, we better have it, you know. A celebration and all that stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. we did it. Mm-hmm. Now, don't think about anything else. Yeah, right, right, back right. to your regular yeah, schedule right, right. That was just a twenty-four hour thing. Okay, back we're, to the weather. We're and okay a, now. A sex act by a weatherman. Yeah. <laughs> or the Boston Celtic um, oh, basketball coach no. who got fired for oh, a year. He's suspended for a year for cheating on his wife. Uh, two consenting adults. You know, he screwed up his own marriage. He didn't screw up the team. And this is the team that played. In the NBA Finals, nearly beat the Warriors. Well, not nearly beat the Warriors. The Warriors really, really killed them. The thing that surprised me about the story is that he has been engaged for seven years to Nia Long, who I think is one of the most beautiful actresses ever. Yes. How do you get engaged for seven years? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That surprised me. How long were you and Tony engaged for? I think it was three months. Oh. Okay. Well, we didn't... Okay, I'm going to tell a story here. Sure. We, we knew each other back in uh, Foothill College. Where, that's where we met. And oh. I was this emerging playwright, and I wanted to get all these actors together. Oh, would you be my play? Would you be my play oh. reading? You know? So I approached him and scared him off completely. Because oh. I thought, oh, you're so good. Yeah, you're so good in your scene, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, okay, lady, all right. You know. <gasps> and so we got to be in a play together where he had like what two lines, something like that. Oh, and I had pushed for it. Yeah. Pushed. I said, you got to use this actor. He's really good. He's he's got something. You know, you should use him. So they reluctantly got him in, and then we were friends for a long, long, long time. So that would have been 1981, hmm. and then he left in 86. 
to work in L.A. in the industry. Mm. Um, had no idea where he went. Came back early 90s. We ran into each other at a cafe in, in San Francisco where he was just like this silhouetted head against the door. And I went, Tony Williams? I knew I'd run into you again, you know. <sighs> Within three months, we were engaged. Wow. And that was like just the the light of my life, you know, and uh, that's that's how that happened. But um, I was leading up to something. <laughs> it didn't take you seven years. It did not take you seven years. It was like the cumulative time of just knowing each other as yeah. friends and as fellow artists yeah. and all that, you know, had already played out. So it's like when we re-met up again, it was it was fate. It was sort of fate. Oh, you know, I love so. hearing stories like that. <laughs> <laughs> and now let's hear an origin story, Rizzo Donato. Um, where were you born and raised? Born in Manila, raised in Eagle Rock. Wow. Yeah. Eagle Rock, I'm sorry. Eagle Rock, California. It's uh, northeast L.A. in between Glendale and Pasadena. Oh, okay, okay. It's like the second Filipino town. So oh, as an it, adolescent, it, you were? Yeah, yeah. I moved when I was four. So oh, okay. I I still know Tagalog because my Lola used to live with us, and that's how like my family would speak. But um, putting sentences together, it's like, elementary mm. school mm. <laughs> oh even now oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. siblings yes i have two older half brothers i have a younger sister and then i have the youngest brother who's mm-hmm. 18 years oh. younger than me wow. yeah oh. that was an interesting like revelation because i was graduating high school and then when my mom and dad told us oh we're having a we're pregnant i was like oh my god my college fund <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking about the money. I was like, yeah, I feel like I'm wow. always thinking about the money. And it was money. always in theater or in the arts? Or... Um, the funny thing is uh, I've always wanted to be an actor, especially when Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came oh, out. And I yeah. was like, mm-hmm. I can be that person. Mm-hmm. Because at that time, like Lucy Liu was only one of the very few Asian actresses mm-hmm. yeah, like right. in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved her. So when she did Charlie's Angels, I was like, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that. Yeah. And then in um, around oh my senior year, I finally took drama. I like stopped playing basketball. Mm-hmm. I am uh, not a very good competitor. I get really <laughs> fired up. I'm reading online that you're hitting threes. I was hitting threes. Yeah. yeah. My best game, seven threes in a row. Seriously. Oh, That's Steph Curry Seriously. material. And, you, and I know exactly what happened. Um, this is an ego. This is definitely an ego trip yeah, as a kid. We've all been there. We've all been there. We know. <laughs> but my, uh, I missed practice the day before the game. Oh. And I'm starting five. I'm captain, right? But the my coach, she has a very strict rule. If you don't come to practice the day before, you are not starting. Mm. But me thinking, oh, I'm hot shit. She's going to put me in there. She benched me. Mm. And that was a reality check. Mm-hmm. And and I came in with like a super focused mm-hmm. like and, and honestly my mentality at that time still I'm not gonna lie, still around, but I have an I'm gonna show you mm. kind of attitude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it really like propelled me and I was like, Holy cow. But I, I retired from basketball because I wanted to pursue drama. Now um my teacher, uh, Mr. Copley, oh, loved this guy to death. He really was the guy that like offered me this whole new world, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, so we were doing Macbeth, and I was like, 
oh man, there's like only one female like lead in there. The other one is Lady Macduff and she dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh man, okay. I, I practiced and practiced, but the monologue, I completely bombed for my audition. Mm. And, I, and then I was like, dang, I'm not going to get it. And then um, I was already defeated. I was like walking out. I was on the verge of tears. And Mr. Copley goes, Riza, I want you to read for Macduff. And I'm like, cool. Lady Macduff, <laughs> like she dies. She doesn't even have any lines. And then he's like, no, no, no. no. I want you to read for Macduff. Cool. So he like gender swapped the character. Um, and for me, like, holy cow, I blew the audition out of the park. I think it's a fight or flight mm. response. Mm. I still remember, I'm feeling it right now, like pins all over my hands mm-hmm. and on my gut when you know, like, this is it. You know, mm-hmm. if you mess up, like, you're going to be Lady Macduff and you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I got the part. He gender swapped it. But not only did he gender swap it, but he, because a lot of the... Um, kids in my school are like filipino they're asian he like did a whole asian stir fry of oh, it that's nice. so each of the like houses mm-hmm. kind of took on a different um oh, cool. like asian uh-huh. tr- uh, culture yeah and then um what wow. is it, a particular asian culture or like i don't know like feudal japan or J- china or something like that? yeah there was uh definitely japanese there was some chinese this is where i learned like the six count for eskrima and I was like, oh, dang, dude, I'm like learning a Filipino martial art. And because he um, put this play up, he changed it. It really was like my crouching tiger. For mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he brought in two fight coordinators that came from the East Coast. Um, they started their, they were starting their company again, Posado Action Theater. They taught us everything. And I was the one who had two swords. Oh, <laughs> nice. I, I didn't wow. just have one, but I had two. And it changed my life. I went from having like the worst, the worst anger issues. Like I used to take a tennis racket and slam it on the ground because I was so yeah. like, like just pent up with mm-hmm. anger. But because like stage combat, it's all about safety yeah. and it's all about not just safety for yourself, which is number one, but sure. it's also safety for your fellow actor who you're fighting with and the people around you yeah. and the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I started like th- this is where my thinking started to go from. It's all about me to I got to think about like the world around me, especially yeah, the stage. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I have to learn how to pull my cut. Because if if the actor like flubs, sure. forgets, yeah. and I hit them, then that's gonna be on me, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I have to make sure like I have self control for myself, for my partner, for everybody around, and it just like propelled me. It propelled me into, gosh, opportunities that I never knew existed. And the the best part about this whole thing with the stage combat mm-hmm. is, yeah. I look freaking badass. I'm mm. gonna lie, I look freaking cool. Mm. But the most gratifying part is the teaching part. Mm-hmm. So we got to go into high schools in underserved communities in Los Angeles where they cannot afford what you would pay a fight coordinator to do. Yeah. But we did it on like pennies on the dollar, right? But what we accomplished was so much more than just like making money. 
it was like for me seeing the growth mm -hmm. of a child who like has no interest in drama in Shakespeare in any of that but you know they don't know what um, Elizabethan languages they don't know what like they're actually saying in Romeo yeah. and mm -hmm. Juliet but mm -hmm. when you put a sword in their hand you teach them the fights mm -hmm. and then and then the words and like what are you trying to say here and why are you pointing your sword at him at this time right and then it starts to click and then you see this little kid with like no confidence all of a sudden like be bloom. On, yeah mm -hmm. bloom they feel at the top of their game and this is like young latino uh, girls and boys filipino girls and boys black girls and boys who just like don't have that access to to something that you would get like this mm -hmm. and uh that to me is the reason why i do it very cool and very yeah cool. no it's a wonderful story i was just thinking i've been reading this book on method acting and i took a little bit of method acting when i was in school and there's been a debate about how much emotion do you put on stage and how much, you know, can you put so much emotion that you can lose control? And all about, you know, mm -hmm. fight coordinating as well as acting is about control. If you lose control because you're so into the moment, you don't serve the play. You don't serve the other yes. actor that mm -hmm. you're working with. You have heard yes. intimacy coordinators mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. fight coordinators talk about, hey, you got to get out of yourself and focus on this choreography and focus on your other actor check in yeah, and yes. i think that's a very smart uh, uh, important thing mm -hmm. yeah the mm -hmm. um thing that we teach is victim motivated action right mm -hmm. so for instance in man of god sharon and lauren have a pretty like hands-on sequence mm. and we broke it down like first it's always going slow motion right getting no sorry number one is consent mm -hmm. back in the day we didn't really have any of this but now because you know we're we're sensitive to like how other people feel traumas that kind of come up especially yeah. when you do fight fight sequences you want to be like you want to create a safe space for the actors to just like be themselves express be okay to speak up mm -hmm. if this is being too much right mm -hmm. yeah so um there's this like scene where sharon grabs lauren by the collar pushes her up against the wall swings her around and pushes her on the ground right and then and then she has to go on top of lauren and like smack her a couple of times do a hair grab mm -hmm. and during that whole sequence and i i have had the pleasure of working with Lauren for a few years now. This is Lauren Garcia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Lauren Garcia. Yeah. So I've worked with her doing stage combat stuff since I got here in like 20, well, around 2017. Mm -hmm. So she knows all about VMA. She knows all about the safety stuff and she got to really put it to the limit here. Mm -hmm. And, but when we, when we broke it down, it was all Lauren doing all of the movements mm -hmm. and like, it's just like Sharon and Lauren like acting like from the torso mm -hmm. up, mm -hmm. right? In like whatever their screaming is, but Sharon's not actually like pushing her. She's just like placing her where Lauren needs to yeah. go to be in a safe place. I imagine place. Lauren's doing most of the work. She's doing most of the work, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I, I put Lauren through the ringer in this one. Yeah. Well, I know Lauren well. I mean, we both know Lauren well. Yeah, and, well, and, you know, she's too, totally, yeah. yeah. She, she's good for it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She does it. Mm -hmm. She does it. Um, yeah, and that's like the best thing, right, is when an actor is just 
willing to try and willing to be like, mm-hmm. okay, this is a, I'm not sure if I'm going to nail this, but I'm going to try it. And then you see their growth and their confidence come mm-hmm. up, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And it's also awesome that you found a path. You know, there are a lot of actors... Of course, every actor who comes out of high school and is like, oh, yeah, I want to be an actor. They want to be a superstar. And they, the path is not always the same. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have to find other paths. And you found a path that's very unique to you. And I imagine you've always been very physical uh, yes. as a person. So I'm sure it really, really fit you. Yeah, yeah. And also for all those actors out there, acting is not the only path to like make a difference in the art right Jeannie you're a fantastic writer and I would love to like jump into that into that realm um so yeah just want to like shout out that there is no one path in this like theater art in film in whatever kind of art that you want to pursue right just jump in Mm -hmm. jump in put your feet in different like types of water and see like which one you like the best yeah i had a question for you Jeannie. as a writer i've had some um writing friends and even some professors say well you know you have to be very careful of um being lazy and let's say throwing a a fight in there because you don't know the words uh and i've had a lot of people even outside of theater say you know um if you if you can't have a coherent argument, if you can't articulate what you're saying, then you're just going to fight the person. Mm. I hear that you know um, among lawyers all the time. Do you have any rules, inner rules within yourself about like putting a fight scene? Do you put fight scenes in any of your? Plays? Oh yeah, yeah, I do, but I make sure that it's really all part of the plot in, intrinsically. You know, it can't just be, you know. A spectacle item, even though that's what fights are. Fights are spectacle, you know. But they've got to fit in the overall uh, content Mm -hmm. of the play, you know. And you just don't have one because oh, let's see, nothing else is going on here, and you know. (laughs) And and that's what I think. What you're referring to as far as being lazy, I I I think of it more as being, you know. um, It has to be earned, right? Well, that. But it's also you could. The audience is smart. They go like, "What? What is this going on here for?" Yeah, yeah. you know. So you've got to take their intelligence in on it too. It's like if they're not going to buy it, chances are you internally you're not buying it either. You're you're buying time. That's what you're doing. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I mean, it's back to the blackboard for Mm -hmm. for you. You got to do your work. If you're honest with yourself. Well, and also you're taking writers challenge themselves. I mean, this is what I think of. There are times I believe I'm pretty lazy, you know, but there are times <laughs> when I think like, okay, this is a problem area. And if it takes all week for me to to, to figure this out, I'm going to take that week and, and do that. And um, that's part of the non-lazy mm-hmm. uh, 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 try at it. But it, it's also um, challenging everything you know about theater. Yeah. You know, if you're looking at it from a director's point of view, looking at it from an actor's point of view, you know, the playwright is the blueprint. What they put down is the blueprint. And yeah. you're relying on the uh, artistic uh, talents of all the other people who are helping make your vig- vision mm-hmm. happen on yeah. stage. So yeah. be cognizant of that, that, you know, it's not you, just your words on paper. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, yeah, we hired a choreographer or a fight coordinator, and so I'm going to have to use them how many times? Let's see. That's not how it works. It's got to fit in into the whole picture. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking about that when I, um, Foreman in Paris, you know, there's a scene where mm-hmm. um, yeah, husband right. and wife are fighting, 
And I've thought about that because I said, you know, is it really, really earned? Mm -hmm. And is it just, am I just exploiting or whatever? But I think, you know, I, I would have heard from Norman and from other folks if it's like, hey, you know, this is a little weird or whatever. And it worked. It, it totally worked out. Um, mm -hmm. A question for you, Riza. I mean, do you have, there was one, I remember stage managing um, Othello. Was it, no, it, was it Othello? It was Othello. To make a long story short, an actor, um, they were, it was basically Iago fighting uh, Laertes. They're sort of t tussling with each other. Not Laertes, it was um, Cassio. In any case, they're sort of tussling with each other, sort of like a play fight thing or whatever. And the director was a young guy. The, the actor was an older guy, a guy named Jack Halton, a really, really good actor. To make a long story short, the director got a little frustrated because he wanted the actors to work on the fight courting in his presence. And the actor sort of said, hey, we, we can do this on our own. And there were things happening. And um, to make a long story short, he fired the actor. He was like, listen, things are happening on stage. I didn't, cho I didn't choreograph this at all, so you're gone. I guess the question is, when you were working on Man of God and even some of the other things that you've, uh, co that you've done the co fight coordinating with, are actors allowed to work among themselves or do you have to physically be there at all times? As a fight coordinator? Yes. Um, ooh, this is a tricky one. So, okay. As a fight coordinator, you hire me for a reason. Mm -hmm. And my reason is to keep everybody safe. Sometimes actors, yes, they can have training, great, right? But are they hired on as a fight coordinator, right? Mm -hmm. Now, in, in the case for your play, Othello, mm -hmm. um, it sounds like there wasn't a fight coordinator. There wasn't, yeah, this is back in 2001, so I, I gotcha. think. Well, I mean, there have been quite, but there was not one for this one. Gotcha. But the director has experience or had any? No, I don't think anyone had any experience at all. And it was gotcha. one of these, it was one of those things where the uh, actor was like, hey, I've got an idea. Let's do this. And they were just sort of tussling. Both the actors were sort of okay with it, but the director was very, really super cautious about gotcha. safety and that sort of stuff. Gotcha. This is what I would have done. As long as the actors have some sort of safety training or at least like one of them knows and can like help train the other actor into mm -hmm. it, what I would do is have the actors do something, come back to the director and go, hey, we came up with this. What do you think? The director then makes the decision of going, um, I don't know if I really like that. Can you like tweak it, right? Tweak mm -hmm. it and make it work as a like a collaborative um, piece instead yeah. of just like one way or the other. Right. And then for me as a fight coordinator, I'm always true to what the writer has, like, cause that's the blueprint. Right. Yeah. So I want to make sure that I'm respecting what the writer has. And then, um, for instance, for man of God, Michelle had me like, go ahead and like create something and then we'll come back and then we'll show you what we made. And mm -hmm. then if you want us to tweak here and there, then we'll tweak here and there. But my job as an actor, as a fight coordinator, is to make sure that like the playwright and the director get what they want. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we're following. We're like, we're just the crewmen on the ship, and you're yeah. the captain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. And I've seen it work really well. I remember uh, stage managing, Oth uh, not Othello. It was um, King Arthur, and it was done outside. And there was a epic uh, fight sequence, a uh, sword sequence between King Arthur and uh, Mordred, and. Almost day one of rehearsal, 
they were working the swords, not real swords, they were using like wooden things. Mm -hmm. But they worked from day one with this thing. I guess they had it coordinated from the very, very beginning up until the very end. They were slow, then they moved a little faster, a little faster, a little faster. And it was epic. It just looked like something out of the movies when we finally got to do it. Yeah, and great. It's great to have that coordinator like from the beginning. And that's something that... um, like man of God, they got me for two weeks, two weeks. And I had the actors, I think like five days mm-hmm. in the week and we really pushed it. So first off in, in my training, mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew the safety. So Michelle was part of it. Um, Gigi, Kyung Ji. She was in there, Vanessa, which is like our stage manager too. I wanted everybody to take this class because they ain't going to have me for like the whole run. That's going to be really expensive. (laughs) So what I wanted to do is like show the foundation to the team Mm -hmm. so that when I'm not there, you um, you are also responsible for their safety. You, the director, you, the stage manager, you, the assistant, you guys are all the eyes on the stage to make sure that they're doing it right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's like, um, I highly recommend that if any, any theaters out there can like afford, um, a a fight choreographer or have a class, right? I would love to teach a class to not just actors, but to like writers, directors, producers, stage managers, so that they can have the foundation of what safety looks like on stage. Yeah. I would take that class. Cool. I would love to have you. (laughs) No, no, that is fantastic. Let's talk about the business. How do you market yourself as a fight coordinator? Oh, man. You know what? This is all word of mouth. I I haven't really been doing a lot of um, advertising for what I do, but I really started at Bindle Stiff. um, And this is me breaking off from Posado Action Theater, which is like down in L.A. Mm -hmm. I did my thing up here. I started... It was an Ed Mabasa play. Ed. Yeah. I got to get him on. I got to get him on. Ed's great. You got to get him. So actually, the first one was for Tagalog. Mm -hmm. And uh, Alan Manalo and Joyce, they hired me on to kind of just help them, like, create a stunt scene for Lee, Russell, and R.C. R.C.? R.C. No, R.G. Rich Gale. Rich Gale. So, um, yeah, did a little fight sequence there. And then when someone found out, like, oh, shoot, Risa knows how to do fight choreography, then Ed wrote a play that had a fight in it. Nice. And then they knew, who to, they knew who to hit up. So now, like, all these different, like, writers in Bindlestiff was like, okay, we can do a fight scene. Boop, boop, boop. They wrote it in. Forbidden Futures, I did, like, a one versus five fight uh, mm. with people, like, going around and I had to teach them everything in the basics, right? Like falling down, taking hits. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Hitting me and being okay with it because I can take a hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then from there, uh, yeah, I think I think there was just like a general call out for any um, fight coordinators in the area mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like um, folks who are seasoned, but yeah. they're like getting older. And, you know, their their time is, like, split. Sure. So, um, yeah, I think Bindlestiff just recommended me. Michelle has, like, uh, 
I think she was looking specifically for like an Asian fight choreographer mm -hmm. because she really wanted Man of God to be like predominantly an Asian cast. It was great too because I'm like, oh man, I really like hit all the check marks. I'm, I'm Asian, I'm female, I'm queer, <laughs> like I'm young, like yeah. a millennial, like yeah. Like. It sounds like someone, someone told Michelle. Somebody, yeah. Yeah, I think it was Lee, Lee Ronan Davis. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. No, that's all that's word fantastic. of mouth. So and so, business wise, things have been going well as far as you marketing yourself. That's one of the things that I've always asked artists and writers. You know, how do you handle the? You know, the art part is easy, but the business part of it, making money, is hard. <laughs> making money is interesting. I come from a place as an artist. I'm not comfortable like asking for money about it, even like shotgun right especially i think it's ab5 where That's now right, yeah. we have to be employees yeah um it was still like a really weird thing for me to like be on the clock mm. and for me uh as a fight coordinator being on the clock is is a tough situation and i think it's because when you walk into that when you walk into the space you don't know what the actors can do you don't know how much training they've had you don't and also physicality yeah like what's their physicality like and i'm just gonna throw like you know an eight pound sword at you sure sure so um it it really was tough for me to go like oh yeah i'm gonna need like another 40 hours mm -hmm. with, to work with them like do you do invoices i mean i don't know if you have if or if it's just word of mouth or whatever do you do you have your own contract um you're looking at the time genie it's oh uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk me out okay <laughs> <laughs> But I'm watching the time. We're, uh, okay. we're I think we're about ten minutes away from uh, uh, eleven thirty. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, I had a few questions wait, too. Sure. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you can interrupt me anytime. Ten minutes away from eleven thirty. It's eleven twenty-eight. Eleven twenty-eight. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. The question was. Oh, invoices. Um, because of AB five, we are now getting like a W two. Okay. But um, prior to that. It's, yeah, an invoice works. Um, what else? What else did I do? I mean, Bindlestiff just kind of gave yeah. us 100 do you, bucks. Do you, like, <laughs> do you like have a contract? Do you write up a contract between you and the company? Uh, actually, so with Shotgun, they wrote the contract okay. for me. Um, but for me, if I was to market myself as like, you know, Rice Donato, Fight Coordinator, LLC, I would definitely have the contract uh, just to cover my bases because the biggest thing is like getting sued, getting sued exactly. for like, you know, something you're telling people to do. But yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jeannie. You had a question. Oh, I was just tying onto that too. Yes. Always get the paper signed. Yes. Get the paper signed. Um, <laughs> so I, I was uh, going to ask, where would we see you next? You're going back to LA. Oh. I'm going back to L.A., but uh, currently I'm an associate producer for a short film called Miss Hot Mess, directed by, written, directed, and produced by Amira Soriano. So uh, we'll be having like a premiere for this, um, hopefully in November. But yeah, it was a fun little short film. Um, the cast was, oh my gosh, I think it was like, 97 percent mm. filipino oh, wow. including nice. the crew so i thought that was a really really neat um 
adventure. And then what else am I doing? I guess hopefully if I get this new job, I'll be moving up to the Bay. <gasps> oh, nice. Yeah. And you know, then I'm, I'm, we're not going to yeah. jinx it for you. <laughs> But it would be great to like, you know, work with more artists here because I found out like, yes, <laughs> I found out in L.A. I feel like a small fish in the ocean <laughs> versus like here in the Bay. Um, you know, I kind of feel a little bit bigger because maybe I just know more artists and I know more theaters and I know more people who like just get around and get to yeah. know one another. I've heard that L.A. is not... I've heard that the Bay Area is far more theater friendly yeah. than L.A. Uh, you know, there is a theater scene in L.A., but a lot of artists are really just buying time before they can get their film or television thing going on. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I've heard. But we should like totally make film a thing here because it's oh, yeah, beautiful. Definitely, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Have you thought about doing film, Jeannie? Writing for film? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Buffalo should totally be filmed. I'll keep you posted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we close it up? It's eleven thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just um, so you've got. I, I just want to make sure we're mm-hmm. you know covering as much as you can while yeah. you're here because it's great that you are here yeah. again. Um, so as far as any projects besides that, um, personally, are you happy? Are uh, you? <laughs> I am. I I am, and I think it's uh, again like just circling back to spirituality and Mm -hmm. inner self, inner peace, I've finally hit a spot where I'm like 100% comfortable with who I am. If you guys remember me back in the day, I had long hair and I was like a beautiful woman, still am, (laughs) but um, cutting my hair short, like being expressing who I really am in this body and having my parents be okay with mm, that too. That's awesome. That's like, awesome. I, this is me. This yeah. is me and, I, and I'm, I'm yeah. feeling it. I'm yeah. vibing. Yeah. No, no, that is fantastic. And, uh, and, and, you know, you, I mean, you know, I've, I've heard your name around and of course I haven't seen you on stage. I was going to ask you if you're, do you miss being on stage? Oh, hundred percent. Somebody needs to write uh, <laughs> play. <laughs> Yay! That could totally happen. But no, no. You, your name is well around, and you know, having done Man of God, and they've it's gotten rave reviews, and uh, so you know, good things happen to good people. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys for sure. having me. I love this energy. Well, we'll do it again. We yeah, yeah, do it again. Definitely. You'll be back. You know that. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I will quickly uh, go through. There are a couple of shows that are going on. Uh, Pygmalion, the last show is tonight. That's Orenda Starlight Village Players. Uh, Alicia Van Coogan is in that show. Christmas in August. That'll be uh, December the 1st through the 18th. Danny Martin, He's he's been on the show. It's his directing debut, so we want to push that. Central Works is doing the Women's Annex, October the 15th through November the 13th. Elizabeth Carter is directing that, so I want to push that. Ooh. Lear, the last show is tomorrow. Don Monique Williams is co-directing that. Michael Ashbury is in the show. Songs for Larry, that's something that Melvin Badiola mm-hmm. has been producing for Theatre Brava. That'll be only one, it's a workshop, so it's only one day, October the 2nd. That is tomorrow, so please check that out. Uh, San Jose Stage is doing the play that goes wrong. That'll be until October the 16th. John Tracy is directing it. Michael Barron Austin and Cassie Jamal Brown is in that play. Gypsy, uh, 42nd Street Moon. Um, that'll be November the 3rd through the 14th. Marlos oh. Tello is in that. Uh, another Filipina. Um, 
Man of God, we've talked about that. The last show is tomorrow, and uh, so we want people to see that. Camelot, the Contra Costa Civic Theater, is doing that. Uh, up until October the 9th, Jamie Strube is in that show. The Spelling Bee, that'll be November the 14th through the 20th, Contra Costa Musical Theater is doing that. Stephen McLeod is, that's his directing debut. And there are a couple of podcasts. Uh, Barry Graves is doing The Black Man's Heart, so check that out. Mallory Samara, her day job is KCBS Radio. Yay. Connect the dots, please check that out. Uh, Bindle Stiff, although they've only done two podcasts, I'm trying to encourage them to do more. The Fobcast. Yes. And Riza, you have a podcast, so let's push yours. I do. Um, so the podcast I'm producing is called Artistry in Life uh, with Mark Marking and Ray Cardona. Oh, Marking. Yeah, and um, it's really about like uh, spirituality, you know, finding your inner self um, and having like life and and the artistry behind it so marking is like an amazing life coach he's been helping me especially during the pandemic to get through like some really tough times and he's he's the one who's really like shown me the way right how to like look within yourself on top of all the other youtube podcasts that i like listen to um marking has really been like my brother and uh we're coming up with another one where i will be talking again because this one i wasn't really talking but um we still are like figuring out the name but we're probably thinking of like monday morning check-in because mm -hmm. that's how it like mm -hmm. starts yeah well let me know and we'll definitely push that Gina? Can I add to it, your yes. list of things? I was just going to say that today starts the Filipino American Month in San Francisco, primarily around uh, the, the San Francisco Public Library. So we have to look online for that. I, I don't have the actual link in front of me, but yeah. uh, October twenty first and tw to the twenty fifth is Larry the Musical. They're having a free. Um, that's right, yes. Larry at Long. Songs yes, Larry. that's through Eventbrite. Yeah. Uh, yes. So that's something to be aware of there. You know. And yeah, yeah, that's the uh, the workshop that we were talking about. Right, right, right. I guess, mm -hmm. they, yeah, they call it the workshop, mm -hmm. and it's an, um, and anyone who's caught the one beforehand, you'll see how yeah. that oh, yeah. just blossomed in from that. Well, I'm going to talk about another book as well, <laughs> Turn Right at the Water Buffalo. That's right. So I've had my fifth uh, book signing um, in, I went to Southern California, east of, uh, of uh, Bakersfield, mm -hmm. and uh, so that's that's there. It could be better, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's based on the 1989 trip I took with my mother to the Philippines, uh, post Marcos years, and the the atmosphere in the uh, in the um, in the lower Visayas, yeah. Visayan mm -hmm. Islands, and so uh, and the 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 the, the uh, connection between mother and daughter because of that trip. Yeah, so, yeah, you spoke beautifully of that and the last time that we talked about yeah, it. Yeah. Hopefully books, book sales are up. They have been steady, let's say. You know? <laughs> but yeah, they said the yeah. first year, kind of expect that, so that's yeah. good. But as far as Katatagan um, and Mallory, who mm -hmm. I will plug that beautiful woman's name again. Yeah. She's been very helpful with that, with Golda, and a couple other people, Bernie Rosquitas mm -hmm. and um, Marielle. And so we've, we've just been trying to regroup again, trying to get it going. It's been a, such a long project, and I sure could use more help, but yeah. it's, it's like, 
it's nice You're to see all the, the area, of all Bay area between the Philippines. 1960s to yeah. the present and essentially I've kind of covered the first 20 25 years and then there's this midsection that was Bindlestiff which I I'm sort of relying on the book that came out by Bindlestiff yeah I'm, I think mm. it's on the table right, right there right and so then there's this mm-hmm. newer millennial uh, section that needs to be covered so there's still a lot of work to do so yeah. yeah but thank you for asking about that yeah 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 no we definitely want to push that and um, last but not least, we have uh, jerseys, so uh, $30, uh, white, black. We've got blacks now again. And uh, we want to thank everyone support, supporting the yay. Riza, did you have a good time? Oh, absolutely. I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah, it's a wonderful Saturday afternoon. And Jeannie, it's always wonderful having you here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'd what like, an I'd honor. I'd like being a vet here. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. This has been your second home. Uh, as always, uh, we're on all podcast apps. We're on Spotify. We're on Overcast. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, if you're an Android user, we're on that purple podcast app. If you're mm. an Apple user, The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. Our Twitter feed is The Yay 3. I'm at Red Space Clay. Uh, Riza, you have a uh, social media yep. thing. Uh, so you can find me at Risa.donado on Instagram. That's going to be my main thing. I'll, I'm going to update it. I, it's a little outdated right now. <laughs> yeah, but people can, um, will find you there. And yes. if they, you're looking for, if they, folks out there are looking for a great fight coordinator, would you say you're also an intimacy coordinator as well? Uh, no, okay. I'm not an intimacy coordinator, but um, a lot of fight coordinating mm-hmm. starts with trust. Yeah. So we have to start like building that trust from the get go. Um, it's not intimacy. Um, and actually, there are classes that like folks can take in order sure. to like help as a director help people like mm-hmm. get comfortable. But yeah, it's uh, it's on my list of things to do. Right on. <laughs> well, if you're looking for a great fight coordinator and a great actor. You can't go wrong with Riza. Hey. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Reg, you. for having this. It's just been going on for, what, since 2017 I now? Know. That's right. Like right. That. Yeah, we're entering Amazing. our sixth year, but yeah. it, it, it takes, you know, people to come on and to share their stories. It's really, you know, the A is really about the people and their stories. You know, yeah. I just throw softball questions. and you Yeah, know. but congratulations to you and Norman yeah. for, for doing this. Awesome, awesome. You guys are be- <laughs> our name. Uh, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, well, thank you so much. And uh, Norman, he's not here because he's having his birthday thing. Also, did you know that Jimmy Carter is 98 years old today? Oh, <laughs> no. Hey, wow. There you go. Yeah. So in any case, thank you so much. And as Norman and I always say, we got to find a better sign-off. And we are out. Out.